episode of the bitch mob ent we are back for another episode we're gonna be talking everything about of course that divisional round chiefs choking talk about some of the all-star reserves the snubs talk about that we're gonna talk about possibly you know some trade deadlines what we're hearing in the trade room real but we of course got the big three here tonight we are missing one of the members of the squad who was out on injury protocol we have though greg Mr. Hot Takes, the Bates Your Mother Sends Me in the building tonight. How you doing? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I'm doing well. It's really good to have you here because you're available home or away. So it's really good to have you uh, <laughs> in the uh, studio tonight. And we got, <laughs> we got Miles Davenport. How you doing I'm tonight? I'm doing good. <laughs> he had to pull that in. <laughs> so divisional round man what was y'all take from this we got the Bengals in the super bowl we go deeper into having the you know the super bowl conversation probably next week and breaking down the matchups and whatnot but just on the divisional round we got the Bengals in the super bowl now the Bengals are in they're playing against the rams the rams are playing in their home arena which really isn't a home arena for them what was y'all takeaways from watching this divisional round games man I mean, the Bengals, what can you say? They're a Cinderella team right now. Nobody pictured them being here right now. Neither did Chris. (laughs) Ten months ago, I couldn't have predicted this. So, I mean, shout out to Joe Burrow. He he turned this thing around pretty quickly. Joey B. And this makes you think, like, rebuilds shouldn't take, like, seven, eight years now. They they did this in two years. So, Mm -hmm. this is going to change that that viewpoint on how quick teams – Turn it around. You get the quarterback right. You you get the quarterback right, and you have a chance. That's the way it works, right? Mm-hmm. Your quarterback is is a franchise guy, and you you nail your analysis, and you get a superstar at that position, and everything else kind of falls into place. They still don't have a great old line, or obviously their old line kind of sucks. And he goes out there and makes something out of nothing. That's really what he is. He's calm. He's cool. He's he's poised under pressure, and he makes plays that a lot of guys in the league would make. It wasn't like he played incredible against the Chiefs. He just mm-hmm. he just played with control and poise. He was never rattled. Uh, it looked like Mahomes got rattled in that game. And yeah. Joe Burrow walked in there cool. Like I expect to I expect to win this game. And if you're gonna give it to me, cool. I'm just not gonna turn the ball over anymore. I'm gonna I'm gonna make plays for my team when they need it. Those two scramble first downs he had, the one where he escapes Chris Jones twice in yeah. the same play. And and scrambles for the quick ten yards there. That's huge. And the other scramble he had, just running up the gut, up the mm-hmm. middle of the old lineman, and sliding for that first down. Those were the two plays of the game for me. 
right? I, he made big throws all day. He had a he had some really nice throws throughout the game, but again, he didn't wow anybody. He didn't have to. He can, but he's cool. He really and honestly, the comparison I'd make for this run, I'll be honest, it is Eli Manning. Oh, man. Playoff Eli Manning. Y'all can say whatever y'all want. Playoff Eli Manning. Yo, he gave he gave zero. You know what? He went out there. He was calm, cool, poised. He, he, there was never a situation where he was rattled. He'd go out there. He's he'd scan a defense. He's looking. He's looking. Oh, pass rusher, cool. All right, let me duck. Let me get out the way. Like it's the same thing. He just played. They play with this coolness to them, and there's no rattle. There's no fear. They're just they're flatlining. They're flatliners. They don't. They don't. There's no fear. There's no. They don't go on an emotional roller coaster. Those guys. And that matters in, in tough moments. Pat, Pat Mahomes got tight. I don't care. Pat Mahomes got tight in that game. Yeah, it looked like Jared Goff came in, was in a Chiefs uniform. Oh my god! <laughs> but no, but it, it didn't look like the Pat Mahomes that we, we it was knew. Bad. And I, I want to say too, like for everybody out there questioning his legacy now, pump the brakes. He yeah. had one bad game. He's allowed to have one bad game. Pump the brakes because y'all wasn't having this same type of energy either when we see players like Aaron Rodgers and. Peyton Manny, when he was struggling, it wasn't the same type of energy. So, pump the brakes. Pat Mahomes still is a top three quarterback in this league. Y'all might want to change the numbers. Cool. Sidebar, I want to ask y'all, what y'all think about Zach Taylor? Because in all of this, I've been hearing a lot of Joey B, you know, Jamar Chase, Joe Mixon. What do y'all think about Zach Taylor as a coach? Is he a good coach or is he a product of, hey, I have Joe Burrow and – He's covering up a lot of mistakes, and he's making things look good. That defense, which was not, you know, talked about at the beginning of the season, thinking it was going to be a top-notch elite defense, and they've been playing great during this playoff run. What y'all think about Zach Taylor, man? Miles, I don't know, I don't know about you, but I, I think that Zach Taylor is an average to me. middling coach in the NFL. I don't think he's anything special. I think he, if, if he deserves credit for not messing this up. You know, I, I think it's easy to mess things up as a coach. You, you, you have an ego. You call time out in the wrong place. You know, just you make it about you. He hasn't done that. I'll give him credit for that. He stayed out of the way. This is about Joe Burrow. It's not about him. He's, he's a bit, I think there are a lot of coaches in this league that would win and be in this situation if they had Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow is is that great of a talent, and he's he's taken over that team since the day he's gotten there. He's their unquestioned leader. It's not Zach Taylor. So, yeah, he's 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 all right. Like, he's nothing special. Zach Taylor's all right. <laughs> I feel like it's just going to add fuel to the fire of hiring coaches that coached with McVay. Uh, yeah, he was, yeah. He was one of his assistants, you know, a couple mm-hmm. years ago. Now he's in the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. So now Kevin O'Connell is going to come along. They're thinking he's going to be the next, you know, next genius, next yeah, brainiac, next coach. genius, trying to take all these geniuses from Sean McVay. But we'll see. But he's off to a good start. Year two. Mm-hmm. With the Bengals already in the Super Bowl, I mean, yeah, that's a good. Look. My thing is, you could have kept Marvin Lewis and had the same exactly. Same I was about to say, you. <laughs> it wouldn't have mattered but if Marvin Lewis had Joe Burrow. It would have yeah, been fine. I know, I get it, but he was there for how long? He was there for that long. And, 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 years well, you you know, the narrative about him was never really fair. He and Andy Dalton. What are we talking about? Like, what was he supposed to do? And 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 also, still was getting it, still was getting into the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. still. And, and let's not let's not act like the, the Bengals were ever some golden standard for winning games. Y'all were getting to the playoffs every year consistently with Marvin Lewis. He was doing a good job for you guys. That's great in Ohio. You, what do they call them, Ohioans? You know, that's great for you guys. But that's, you know what I mean? Like it's all relative. Yeah. If, if this is the Steelers organization, I understand the frustration with the guy just getting there over and over and over again and never getting over the hump, which 
all right, we're not going to talk about that. It's fine. Mike Tomlin does a great job. That's not a losing season. Deserves his job. But, you know, they haven't gotten over the hump. Yeah. It, was, it wasn't beating Brady. But it's all, you know what? It's Ben's fault. It's not Tom. Tomlin, you're a great. It's, it's Ben. He sucks. But, um, you know, just circling back to this, like, I mean, come on. That was the sta- they didn't have some golden standard. They didn't have some blue blood franchise. They were getting to the playoffs year after year after year at Marvin Lewis. If they just had, all right, cool, we have a good coach. He obviously knows what he's doing. The cupboard's kind of bare in terms of talent here, in terms of our quarterback. Let's get it. Let's let him get his guy. And then let's ride it out on Marvin Lewis. They'd be here now, too. They'd be here. They would be here with Marvin Lewis. No question. It goes back to, you know, the episode we had before this is like, are you afforded that opportunity to do that? It's rare what we see with Mike Tomlin in Pittsburgh. That's rare. That's rare. And as you alluded to, it's not like, all right, he's had winning seasons every year in his career, right? But it's not like they've always matched up to expectations of each season. You feel me? So, but the Steelers organization is not, that's not happening around the league. One or two, one or two years where you don't do up to what we expect or what we want, you out of here. As a white coach, ah, it's all right. Sean will be good. <laughs> Sean just needs a little bit of time. We just we got to move some stuff around. Mm-hmm. We're gonna blame the quarterback. We're gonna fire his OC. We're gonna fire the defensive coordinator. Uh, we'll, we'll figure this out in the off season. We'll move some cap space around and get him something else. You know, we'll we'll get a new chef inside the building, and maybe the chef will help. You know, get the players to not be as injured with a diet. It's it's, a, it's completely different. On the flip side, we talk about the Chiefs, right? When this happened, we was in the chat texting like, "Yo, Pat." Pat Mahomes choked. Andy Reid choked. What was y'all takes on, on on these Chiefs? Like, you up 21, 21-6 going into halftime? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's 21-6. Was it 21-7? 21-7? Was it a tough time? Or? Oh, it was 20 field goals. 21-10. It was 11 points. It was 11 points. 21-10 going into halftime. And we were texting in the chat like, yo, that was a huge stop for the Bengals to get. But we was like, hey, Kansas City gets the ball back, so it's not going to really matter. They're going to score again, and then Bengals get another stop. What? What's your views on this, man, with, with Kansas City, that I, whole meltdown? I think it's very simple, actually. I don't, I don't know if anyone disagrees. They were, In the first half, they were running the ball with ease. They were no one was stopping that guy McKinnon. He was getting whatever he wanted on the ground, and that really was what was setting the foundation for their offense and getting them points. They were just playing off of the run. Because they could not stop the run. The Bengals could not stop the run. For whatever reason, Andy Reid decided to stop running the ball. They started playing like they were down 10 when they were up 10 in the second half. It was very weird, very strange, but also not. That's Andy Reid's MO. He gets pass happy at times. And it has cost him. You need to run, you need to run time off the clock, right? If you, and take your three points. Why are you going for a fourth down there at the end of the first? Hey. That's arrogance. That, that's arrogance. Hey, that's, that's Pat Mahomes, though. I don't know if y'all remember in the, in the game. They caught on camera that he was telling Andy Reid, like, nah, let, I want another shot. Let's and, go yeah, for as it. As a coach, you gotta you gotta understand time, situation, score, and what the game looks like. It's a game where you're running the ball more effectively than anything else, and that's kind of what's led to you having this lead. Yo, we don't kick this. Yeah, you know, it was and, a mo- it was a whole momentum swing too. Yeah, it changed. You get Eli Apple get a t- Eli Apple got to stop. Oh, they're pumped up. That's the Eli Apple. How many good plays he made all season? Uh, right, you cut him on your hand. I, I know, I know Eli Apple all too well. So let's not get too froggy about him. But, you know, it, it's it's crazy. You, you run the ball well. You have all the success. I, you run the ball well. You stop the run. You you have a chance to win a football game. They got cute, and that's why. Hey, you got to put some of that on Eric B. Enemy, too. 
We're going to be fair on this show. Yeah, he's calm Aaron plays. Enemy, he's calm plays, too. And between him and Andy Reid, they, they dropped the ball on that um, with the play calling, how they done. But as you said, Andy Reid teams, though, in general, they've been like that. They I don't know what it is with Andy Reid. Get past happy, man. Get past it's, happy. And they've been doing this, like, even going back to when, you know, it was Eagles Donovan McNabb yeah. and, he, like, super pass happy. And sometimes because they're such an offensive genius and they got all these trick plays and whatnot, they, like you said, they get too cute. They you overthink doing, yourself. You outthink yourself doing, sometimes. Doing a little bit too much. Yeah, you outthink yourself sometimes. I hope the guy we, did, the Giants just brought in today from the Chiefs, don't do that to me every now and then. But you know what? If you know Dan Jones looks good, I can live with it. You dress him up real. You dress him up real nice. Make him make Dan Jones look good. Have him go out there. So you mentioned Danny Doms. Y'all said this before the game. And I was in belief of, hey, they got a proven system. You're going to bring them back. You're going to keep Jimmy G. You mentioned bridge quarterback. You can keep him as a bridge quarterback. Oh, That's the transition we're using here for Daniel Jones. <laughs> <laughs> no, see, no, for the Jimmy transition G. for Jimmy G. Oh, okay. Jimmy G, you guys said, hey, he's probably not going to be back in San Fran. I'm like, nah, he should be back. This, that, and the third. But after how that game went, you might see him now as a bridge quarterback. You might see him as just as a backup where, hey, go compete with Daniel Jones for the starting position. Because I think in San Fran now, after how that game went, talking about somebody when it comes to pressure situations and these big moments, he leads – it was a, a stat. And y'all can take the floor. I pass the ball. Y'all, y'all take the floor. In pressure situations – in the playoffs, I believe it said, in the playoffs, press situations with the game being between 10 points and less, led the league in interceptions with eight. Exact opposite of Joe Burrow. Yeah. Exact opposite of the guy who stays cool, calm, and collected. Um, I, I, he, he, I think he is a bridge guy now, but he's also a guy who can be a spot. A bridge guy, I think bridge guys are all, come in different shapes and sizes. I think you have bridge guys who can only be there for a year, like Ryan Fitzpatrick. You can't run it back for two years with him because you don't know what you're going to get year to year. One year, you can play great. Next year, it could be Fitzmagic. Next year, it's Fitztragic. So you just got to be, you got to know and play. You're playing Russian roulette with him. But with a guy like um, Garoppolo, you could have him there for about two years. Two years. You know what? Garoppolo could be at his best. Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins is a bridge guy. I, they dressed him up looking, making him look real nice down in Minnesota. He is a bridge guy. He's not a he's not a guy. I don't think he can win a championship with him. I think Tannehill's a really fancy bridge guy, too. Yeah. Really fancy. That he's like a really fancy bridge. He's the goal, he's the Golden Gate Bridge. That's what he is. Like that's all, but he's not, but he's not a guy you can have there and expect to win championships and win critical big games because you need a guy who can make a big throw in a big moment. It's, it's not easy to do. Special guys do that. Hey, Maz, you think that Tennessee should, you know, look into maybe moving Tannehill or getting somebody else in there? I mean, I heard today that, who was it, Rodgers bought a home in Tennessee, so that he would is lose. something that's on the table, too. Going to Tennessee to Rodgers is very on brand, by the way, for him. I mean, it, <laughs> they were number one in the, the AFC this past year, and, I mean, if they had Tannehill, you know, able to make a play – that game might have been a little different against the Bengals. Hey, but y'all losing on some great years with Derrick Henry. Yeah. Crazy. So you got to take advantage of him while he's still got his knees yeah. right now because, I mean, 400 carries a season. is He's going to be in a wheelchair by 40 if they keep running him ragged like this. So I think, you know, you take advantage of 
this team as is. I mean, this is a championship team. They just need a quarterback. Mm-hmm. I feel like two I mean, or three plays away. Yeah. Every, for the last couple of years, playoff time come two or three plays away. It's a different story for Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Same okay. thing with Jimmy G. It's all. It's always yeah. It's two always... or three plays. It's like Jimmy G, and it, you know, kind of the same token too. You gotta look at the coaching staff. Like, hey, y'all know what he is. Y'all need to keep make sure y'all have a lead because if y'all don't have a big enough lead and it comes to that fourth quarter, Jimmy G is Doctor Jekyll and Hyde. You don't know who you gonna get. Hmm. You don't know who you gonna get. So, coaching staff too. Yeah, y'all gonna put this put him Greg has said for the last month, put these quarterbacks in positions where it's not as much pressure on them. Take the ball at their hand. You put in a position now you need Jimmy G to make a throw. Good luck, my boy. I'm not putting no money on FanDuel with that. Run eight, run easy stuff. Run simple stuff. Like you run your 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 quarter your halfback screens, you run um your little quick drag routes, you run easy things, quick completions and and you also run the ball more than you do anything else. If you try to run the ball, establish a run game. When you do those things, you give your guy your, your guy a chance in the playoff game where there's a lot of pressure to begin with. You don't want to have Jimmy G throw, making high leverage throws against Matt Stafford. Who's, who's winning that battle? Who's who's winning that battle? Are you like not even a question? It's, it's, now I know Matt Stafford had his moments and he's not perfect, but the, I, McVay, I'll give him credit. He does a nice job of blending the play calls enough to where again, I don't need you to do it all game. You just got to make a couple. And he's more than talented enough to do that. Like, that's the thing. Thing, too, with Stafford, too. Troy Aikman alluded to it. Stafford's playing injured right now. Yeah, like he that, is. That, that one pass where it was, yeah, like, well short. Well short. Yeah, he's right. playing injured right he now. Is. So, I think that's another thing, too, you got to look at. And the thing that I think was so beautiful with this this game, I picked 49ers to win, and I, I kind of got hyped early in the chat. Like, y'all should have put money on FanDuel with this one. <laughs> I'm glad I didn't put money on FanDuel mm. with this one because 49ers end up losing the game. But I like the OBJ kind of redemption story, bro. Yep. The o- OBJ is in the Super Bowl. We've been all saying it's like, yo, I want to see OBJ in the Super Bowl. want to see the Rams there just for OBJ. They was throwing dirt on them. Mm-hmm. They was throwing dirt on him, and there's no way at this point. I need this. We, you know, you see this post on IG a couple times here and there when players do well. It needs to be an apology tour. Hmm. It needs to be an apology tour for OBJ. Straight like that. It needs to be an apology tour. I need all the all the radio shows in Cleveland, all the analysts on ESPN, NFL Network that was saying OBJ was washed. OBJ was a bad player. OBJ was a bad person. You can't win with him on a winning team. He's a locker room cancer. They ended, OBJ is in the Super Bowl. Yep. And they even got him on mic. Great moment. I don't know who he was talking to, but he was talking to one of his players. He's like, yo, it's not me, it's we. But this is the this is the me player. Mm-hmm. This is the diva wide receiver. Mm-hmm. People are still running with that narrative. Right? It, it, right? They're still running with that narrative. I, uh, on the Michael K show, I heard Michael K, you know, Michael K, 60-year-old. You know, white dude, like, come on the radio talking about some, you know, he, he's all about him. Or I've been here. he's like, I, I've been hearing people say, talk about Odell Beckham and, you know, having the apology tour and all this stuff. And why should we be doing that? He's the, he, the way he got, he, the way he got himself out of Cleveland. What's, why are we celebrating that? Why are, you know, like just, just ranting about oh, Odell and why he's a me guy and all that stuff. Yo. It was probably one of the NFL owners, anonymously calling. <laughs> no, that was Michael K himself. But, <laughs> but, 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 it, it, but I mean, look, the reality is 
Odell's never been a selfish guy. I've never looked at Odell that way. Never. There were a lot of things to be frustrated about when he was in New York. Okay? There were a lot of things. As well as he played, and as much as they, they fed him that ball and he played great, had all the numbers in the world, they did a lot of losing with Odell Beckham there. It was hard yes, to watch. Wasting 200-yard performances from this guy, 13 catches, him getting injured, right? Putting his body on the line. It was a lot of losing being done. And, and by the way, like, I don't know why people ignore this in the whole Giants saga with him. There was a lot of reports of just pure nonsense going on in the building from a cultural perspective, all this stuff. In the, like, it, it, was, it was stupid. So to blame it on Odell was never fair. I know the Josina Anderson interview with, with Lil Wayne rubbed people the wrong way and all that mm-hmm. stuff. I, you know, you guys remember that. That rubbed people the wrong way. But look, I never – I there was never a thought in my head as a Giants fan where I was like, get rid of this guy. Ever. I needed him to be a giant for the rest of his career because of how good he is. And also, he made some valid points about the situation. Eli, Eli was declining. He was not the same guy. He just wasn't. Now, he went to – funny enough, he went to go play with the worst quarterback in Cleveland after that. But the Giants did send him there, in fact, to die. That's the way it worked out. But the idea that he was declining was BS from the beginning, just made up by people who didn't like Odell to begin with. Okay? It was easy to say Odell was declining, Odell was declining when he's playing with a guy who doesn't, who never even looks his way. Like that, that that's ridiculous. The teams are still double covering it. It's just it was a lazy narrative that was never true. And now for him to come here, he's doing exactly what we thought he would do. I mean, he's the most talented receiver on the team. He's more talented than Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup's an amazing wide receiver. He's more talented than him physically gifted. Physic from a physic from a physically gifted standpoint, he's more talented than than um Cooper, right? Way more explosive. Yeah. So it, it, this is going exactly the way you thought it would go. Mm, question, right? <laughs> Just a question. So Cooper Cup has been paraded and lauded as number one wide receiver in the league right now. Heard it on numerous shows. Mm-hmm. He's a top number one wide receiver. Anything top three wide receiver right now in the league. And y'all opinion, what would y'all put him as? the top wide receiver in the league. And are we getting – this might be blasphemous, but like kind of like Wes Welker vibes, kind of like where he's getting just a lot of targets and catches, but he's not really a top elite wide receiver. No, I think he's yeah, he's elite. He's yeah, he's elite. He's 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 a dog. Um, he's definitely top five right now. I think he finally got a, a quarterback who can get him the ball. Like Jared Goff, he had his moments, but he also had moments where he struggled. So now mm-hmm. he's got Matthew Stafford, who all he needed was a chance. He's got one with Cooper Cup. He had Robert Woods before he got hurt, and then got blessed with OBJ. So. I think it's a talented wide receiver group, and I mean, and Greg might say they got two top five receivers in that. I think right. they do. I think they do. Okay. I think they have two top five wide receivers. But Cooper Cooper Cup's legitimately really good. He's always open. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's always open. You can say you know, Wes Welker, Julian Edelman. That that was all cute. You know, guys running over the slot, all that stuff. I get it. Um, but it's it's different. Like Cooper, wherever he lines up, he wins. He wins against anybody. He's a great route runner. So he deserves he deserves all the praise he's been getting. He deserves all the praise. I, is he the is he the best is he the best receiver in football? No, I, mean, I, this I year. don't. This year, this yes. year, yes, but, but overall, overall, I don't need a couple more years to get that. 
Like, He'd have to do this over and over again. Yeah. I, I, I don't even know. Like he again, physical gifts isn't everything, but Jamar Chase seems to be the perfect combination of everything. <laughs> he seems to be the perfect combination of everything. All right, like so, there are guys out there that are really gifted. Stephon Diggs. I mean, Stephon Diggs is, is this kind of receiver too. You know, and he had a crazy year a lot the year before last with Josh Allen. So it's a tough conversation. Cooper deserves that praise. I, I have no problem with someone saying he's the best receiver in football right now, mm-hmm. but I don't. I don't personally think he's the best receiver in football. I don't. I do not. I think, like Miles said, we got to see more of this. Give me three, four years. It is. How many times did he have this year? Like 20, 16. He never season. got. He didn't get the twenty. Well, I think through the playoffs. Oh, okay, I got was. Some. 20, but. 15 is outrageous, by the way. So uh, that is outrageous. He, he's really, really, really good on that team too. Yeah, he's really I mean, good. His numbers every week were just insane. insane. Every week, yeah. It was easy for Stafford to target him, and and in the playoffs and high and high leverage moments, he's targeting him. He's not targeting anybody else. Yeah, he and like you said, he's open all the. He's always time. open. Yeah, like. It's just you can't take anything from him. You can't. He, he deserves the credit he gets. So when you but look too at too soon to label him number one. Number one. Yeah. I, yeah, I'm not so. sure Jamar not number one. <laughs> no way he going. <laughs> so looking at what he had this year, 145 catches, wow. 1,947 yards, and 16 TDs. Almost 2K. Yeah, man. I ain't gonna say that. I got nothing bad to say about him. That's crazy. So, looking at his career, though, first year, 869, 566, 2019, 1161, last year, 974 yards, and then this year, 1947. So, I think he you can see the talent starting off in, like, 2019. The numbers start jumping up, 94 catches, 10 TDs. Put it in – give me another two, three years of this. Then we had that discussion. We talking about the number, the best wide receiver, mm-hmm. and it, I think obviously too, you would have to see somebody decline yeah. for him to be the best wide receiver. We still got DeAndre Hopkins yeah. out there. We yeah. still we got Jamar Chase on the rise. We got Justin Jefferson, Gideon all over the place. Like it, it's too many other, it's too many other names that yeah. we talking about the best wide receiver this season. Give it to him. I give it to him. But overall. To be continued. Yeah, to be I continued. I think he's here to stay, though. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah, his yeah, rookie yeah. year, one of those years he got hurt, um, didn't finish the season, didn't he missed out on 1,000 yards. And then last year, I mean, catching from Jared Goff, they, everybody had a down year. <laughs> so Jared Goff's throwing them bounce passes. Yeah. <laughs> so it was tough. <laughs> Jared Goff thought he was magic. <laughs> Speaking of magic, we could perfectly transition to basketball. We want to talk before we even talk about the All Star snubs, reserves, and all that. Midseason awards. Who y'all got at MVP so far at this midseason point? I want to say Embiid, but I mean, you know they're gonna give it to Jokic if things are moving the way they are right now. Yeah, yeah. I'm going with John Morant as my as my mm. MVP. I. The, the Grizzlies don't belong here. This is not – we're not. they're not supposed to be here. We didn't see this coming, and they're for real, and they're here to stay. And the biggest reason why they're here and for real is because of John Morant. John Morant 
has been the best guard in basketball by a substantial margin. Mm-hmm. He leads the NBA in points in the paint at six feet tall and like and he, he's like a buck eighty. That's craziness. That's ridiculous. He's, he's improved his three point shot, his free throws. He shows up in big moments. And he's the leader of that team by yeah. a mile. He's he's the MVP in my opinion. I, I I'm going with him. And I'm, I know I I'm, I'm biased towards guards. I understand that. Yes, but Embiid has a case, and Embiid won. It would make sense. Embiid's a great pick. Yeah. Jokic has a case. Jokic won. It would it would annoy me a little bit, but it would make sense. Fine. But I just think that with what the Grizzlies have done so far this season, and, and the fact that they're not slowing down, I don't think they're gonna slow down. I'm going with Morant. I go with I probably go with Embiid too, just because also in the narrative, he's doing this without having one of the major pieces on his team. Oh, that guy. And then being stuck with Tobias Harris, who yeah, I mean, Tobias, it's not like he's oh yeah, my lord, the most offensive. Oh my Tobias, lord, Tobias, he, Tobias, yo, Tobias. shout out to his agent, shout out to him because they got that bag. And I, we were on the show like, bro, that's not that's not your third option. That's not the big three right there. That's it was not, never a big three. That's, that's what I'm saying. But he was not. Option. Oh yeah, yeah. He, that's what I'm saying. He's not your third option. He definitely was the number two option. The best team they had when it was Philly when it was Jimmy Butler. Facts. Jimmy Butler was an actual closer, was a dog, and it worked well with Embiid. That's what they need. They, that's what I'm saying. Like this year, you got to kind of. I'm giving it to Embiid. He stayed healthy. No Ben Simmons. You got Tyrese Maxey, who's coming into his own now. Outside of that, you got a Tobias Harris, who's up and down. Matthias Thibe, like come on. <laughs> Embiid out here really, and that's where we alluded to. We had this conversation. Yo, Daryl Morey is wasting NB's MVP year. And health wise, you talking about Derrick Henry might be in a wheelchair. I'm sorry, he when has Embiid finished the whole season? Right, you can't right. be taking chances like this. Talking about we just gonna wait till the summertime to trade Ben. You need to be putting people around and be now. Deadlines next week, so and be now to try to win. And I think with how Embiid is playing, with how Tyrese Maxey is playing, you don't need another star. Get some role players that fit well with this team. Mm-hmm. You don't need another. You don't need another. For example, James Hart. You don't need that with this team. And mm-hmm. be that's your star. Build around him and get the right role players that will complement this team and his game. That simple. Daryl Morey holding out. I need a. I need a superstar for mm-hmm. Ben Simmons. Well, one, Ben Simmons ain't a superstar. Two, I don't think you need that. Well, I have no problem taking all your your role players. If I'm the Nets and you want to take James Harden, I'm, I'm gonna do you like France did Haiti and take all and, and take everything and tax you on the way out too. That's what I'm gonna do. So I got no problem with that. If, you, if they want to do that with me, I, that's fine. But I think you're right. I mean, they had deals on the table. So Therese Halliburton, Halliburton was was available to them, and they they chose to turn that down because why? Because Tobias uh, Tobias Maxi Tobias Harris was involved in the deal. So. I, I, <laughs> Since he's such a valuable, valuable asset to you, Maury, fine. You don't want to give him up, but stupid. He's, he's just stupid. He's wasting the year, but I don't mind it because when they get to the playoffs and they got to run into a team in Brooklyn a, a couple miles away, we'll see. We'll see if it's sweet then. We'll see. We'll see. All this hard work. Who's your defensive player of the year? Oh, Draymond. I think he's come back and he's changed that, that team. And I mean, what are they, top in the East or? Second in, I mean, top in the East. West. Second in the West. Mm-hmm. They top in the East too. If they switch. <laughs> yeah, they, uh, yeah I, I'm going. And shout out, shout out to Draymond though, getting that bag yeah. while still playing TNT, doing TNT work. Shout out, smart man, smart, smart, smart man. man. Yeah. 
Yeah. Draymond too. I'm going Draymond. Draymond should have won it last year too. Who won it? Go Bear. Go Bear. Go Bear. That's your boy, right? <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, yeah. The most Frenchman. The most damning thing I think too was Anthony Edwards. What second year in the league it was like we don't we don't feel no Rudy Go Bear. <laughs> Joking. Second year in the league, like a cat, bro. He can't guard you. <laughs> Second year in the league, and he talking nah. like that to the defensive player. He's, yeah. a, he's the lead, he's the leader of that team right now. That guy. I mean, that Jazz team is just falling apart. So. Yeah, they are. I mean, Donovan Mitchell will be will be uh, be out. It will be either in Miami or in New York. Time for him to be out. Blow that thing up. He should have been in New York already, but that's. Oh, we're not you gotta tell it. me that. We're not getting into. Yeah, we can start about my Knicks. My Knicks fan. I got into a Knicks fan yesterday. I got some. I got uh, a. I got a Knicks fan cursing me out last night. I, that's I, won't, funny. I won't name him. That's funny too, because uh, what should we call it? The part of the biggest ring, and we be honest, they brought D Wade there to try to convince him to stay, and that's not. I don't think that's happening. D, if you're D Wade, do you want to own that team anymore without? I don't know. Why did you buy that team, D Wade? Utah, really? Anywhere cool else? The, cool with the uh, the 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 owner. That's a cool with the owner and that was probably honestly honestly that's probably the again going back to the conversation of we don't have the opportunity that's probably his his easiest way to get in mm. type thing you feel me like especially he not on jordan's level in regards of you know what he's bringing in monetarily where he mm. could buy a team out outright and that they would actually let it happen mm. you feel me they wouldn't even let that happen like mj was able to do that because you know he kind of is loved by everybody and he never took that type of stance. Mm. You feel me? So that was probably his foot in the door. Like, let me become a minority owner. Let me work with my man's right here. This tech guy, this businessman. My, my, my Mormon brother. Yeah. My, my, my Mormon brother in Christ. Six man of the year. <laughs> Who y'all got for six man of the year? T-H. Tyler Hero. Tyler Hero. Yeah. I mean, Tyler Hero's been, Tyler Hero's been great. Tyler. Yeah. Yeah, I, I that's a tough category because how many six men are killing that we really think about like that now? And really, I mean, there are guys who are deserving of it, but Tyler Hero is de- not not just he's not only is he high profile, he also just deserves it. He's he's taking the biggest jump in his game from last year to this year, and it's a big reason why they're in first place right now. Or, so I, yeah. I definitely say he. And we'll talk about this with the votes, like. He's been just as much as a factor with Kyle Lowry as the reason why they're in that position. Oh, yeah. Jimmy Butler's been in and out the lineup, and Bam Adebayo's been in and out the lineup. So mm-hmm. I think he's just as much important and a vital factor in that. Yeah. So who we got in regards of rookie of the year? Now, this one I think is – it's oh, been – we've been seeing this fluctuating. Mm-hmm. We've seen Scotty Barnes' name come up there. We've seen Josh Giddy name come up there. Kate Cunningham is the coming Kate on Cunningham high. Cunningham is the rookie of the year. The cream has finally risen to the top. He's the best rookie in the class. And I didn't think that, I didn't think that there was anyone you could have chosen with the with your number one overall pick that would that would have been a better player overall than Cade. I've loved Cade since he was in high school as a basketball player. He's been my favorite guy to watch. He does everything really well. Really good shooter off the bounce, set shot, get in the paint, facilitate for others, everything. Defensively, he competes. He's got a he's got a good framing. He has a post up game. There's never going to be a night where you look at him and go, "You can't get me a bucket." Oh, he'll get you a bucket. He'll get other guys buckets. He, and he's a great passer. He's unselfish. He, he can see, he passes with anticipation. He's everything I love. Everything I love. And, and the prospect that was Kate Cunningham. He was my he was my grade A, my grade A prospect. 
I know you was at the beginning of the season, the middle of the season, you was on the Josh Giddy campaign. Are you well, still that's tailed off though? I mean, he hasn't been able to do too much in OKC. Mm-hmm. And I mean with Cade coming back from injury and getting acclimated, he's he looks like he's comfortable now. Mm-hmm. So I mean he yeah, didn't play a... that well tonight, but he looks pretty comfortable out there. So all in all. And it, it that's it's funny. Team. It's funny because Jalen Green was banging and the I table was about how he should have been the number one pick and every time he plays him it's gonna be, you know, war, but mm-hmm. He hasn't looked good this year. He hasn't looked good this year, and he's just – he looks like one of those players who's just a volume scorer. He could end up being like a a Jordan Clarkson. Yeah, and that would be crazy being drafted that high. Mm -hmm. I think that's that's a great comparison where I think unless he makes changes, unless he, you know, know, gets in the lab this summer, which very well might be the case, he's still only, what, 19, 20 years old. So – but right now and with how – he talks, and it seems like he's kind of bullheaded and with this same mindset. And like I said, I said I didn't like it. It seemed like he was so focused on Cade, and yeah, I'm gonna get mustard. I didn't like it at all. You really might be going towards Jordan Clarkson type role. Well, as a number two, as a number two overall pick, you you can't you you can't, and we'll be watching this, and the podcast will still be around for years to come. If he, we talking about two three years, has not. Blossom and flourish into that number two overall pick. We had that. We be having a conversation with RJ Barrett and Zion. We gonna have to have a conversation about Jalen Green. Oh, for sure. I, I, the only thing he can improve on this year immediately is efficiency with the shots he takes. What, what your shot selection? What type of shots are you taking? What type of shots are you trying to get to? Because he can. Because he's talented enough as a basketball player to get any shot he wants at any yeah. given time. So it's it's just for him with him. It's like what shots are you taking? You're still a child. You're very immature. The thing I'm I'm worried about with him. I, he is he ever going to make guys better around him? No. Do you have feel for the game? Like, do you understand? All right, let me get to the screen and roll real quick. He's a scorer. I, you know, I got I got my big man, that Sangoon kid, whatever I think is his name. Sing- yeah, he's pretty good. Pocket pals, he is pretty good. And you know, Christian Wood, I'll pick and pop, hit him over. Are you ever going to get to a point where you think you're actually thinking the game through in that way and getting guys involved, or are you always going to be a guy who's like, all right, let me, let me just go get a bucket real quick because that's that's who he is. He's a guy. He's an AAU kid that was like, let's go get buckets. That's what I'm going to go do. And I'm telling y'all, Hopefully. these kids, man, work on you know, work on getting people involved in the game. Work on doing, work on scoring without the basketball in your hands. Work on setting good screens because you set a good screen, you get open. Work on cutting off the ball. Yo, cutting off ball gives you so many easy points mm-hmm. because when your shot's not falling, and trust me, there'll be plenty of nights where your shot's not falling. You need to do other things to help your team win a game, or your coach is gonna pull you out of the game. And Jalen Green, even being the second overall pick. If he does not change the way he plays, he wants to be ball dominant and dribble top of the key and take a bunch of shots. I'm telling you, like that, that doesn't work. Like that doesn't work. And how that and team is built too. Else. Yeah, you have two ball dominant guys there already with KPJ being there too, and they all do kind of the same thing. That's the that's the crazy thing about it. it so and then it sucks because Evan Mobley's doing his thing in Cleveland and they well, winner though easily winner. Yeah, the way he plays is what I'm talking. He does the things mm-hmm. I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. And I know it's magic. He's a big man, but he has a skill set to do everything. But he sets screens well. He cuts off ball. He catches the ball. He's kind of looking, standing the floor, just kind of reading defense, know where to go next. He's playing like a winning team. And like Kane does that too. Like you just said, you you mentioned it. You basically he fit in where it's needed. So they kind of had the same situation in Cleveland where you got. You got two bigs. You got in Houston, two ball dominant guys. Two different situations. It's working out in Cleveland. 
Jared Allen and Evan Mobley are working out perfectly fine in Cleveland. Mm-hmm. Houston, I feel bad for my man. This is his first job. And you got to deal with this. Bridge head coach. This is Dave Chappelle level. Come back around and make it a boomerang effect. Bridge head coach. That, dude in the NBA too. That man is that man is de- dead man walking. I'm sorry. He's a dead man walking out there in Houston. What's his name? Blank on my man's name. Yo, he's the dead man walking. I already forgot his name. Damn. <laughs> you gotta get nah, nah, nah. We gotta remember his name. <laughs> his name? Um, Steven Silas. Yep. Silas. 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 Kevin Silas. Steven Steven, Silas. Steven. 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 Steven Silas. He looked more like Kevin. But <laughs> Steven, Steven. renaming his man. <laughs> he's a dead man walking. Man. I'm sorry. Who's the coach of this year? Speaking of coaches, who's the coach of this year? What's, what's I got Monty Williams. Monty Williams, yeah, Monty Williams is a great coach. Great coach. Um, yeah, Monty to be Williams. back, to be back. I know I wasn't expecting Phoenix to be number one coming into the season. To be back, losing the finals, and y'all number one team again, doing it all over essentially. Same thing. What are they exactly. number We're number one in the league? Sports, Miami. It's always as a case, and it. But, I mean, he's done it with like a bunch of injuries. Yeah. My top three candidates: Spo. Monty Williams. Monty Williams and uh dude over and I do not know this guy's name. I'm not gonna act like I do. Ball, ball-headed dude over in uh in, in Memphis. Oh yeah, I, I saw him last. He week. looked like a he looked like a generic 2K player. I don't know what his <laughs> name is, but I, whatever his name is, he's done a great job over there. So I would give. Him- I think we gotta give some love too. He's not gonna get it, obviously. Um, he's not gonna get it, obviously, but um. We got to give love to, uh, whatchamacallit, we have to give love to J.B. Bickerstaff. Oh, my God, yes. In Cleveland? Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. That's not a great head coach. He used to be. Used to be. But, yeah, he's done a phenomenal job. Yeah, I think so. Four guys. Taylor Jenkins. That's him. Yeah. yeah. That's him. Taylor Jenkins. Yeah, you see he got a name, too, that's just mad generic, like generic 2K player type. <laughs> he, 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 the guy in the 2K part that you just see, you think he's like a spam player or something. <laughs> But yeah, I think just four guys. Any one of those four guys win, I'm happy. And JB Bickerstaff, that's who I'm rooting for. I'm, I'm rooting for him. Yeah. You guys just reminded me of him. He's clearly deserving of it. And finally, got they they did the right thing assigning him. So yeah, he's gonna be around. Maybe idiots not to. He's gonna be around for a little bit. All Star Reserves was mentioned before we started the show. You know, we're gonna talk about it. We got in the East. The reserves were Jimmy Butler, Darius Garland, James Harden, Zach Levine. Chris Middleton, Jason Tatum, Fred Van Vliet. In the East, do we have any problem with this list? Were there any snubs you think in the East? I'd love to have seen LaMelo Ball make it. <laughs> I'd love to have seen him make it. I think he has a case. He's led that team to where they are now. And Miles Bridges has been great, but super exciting too. To super exciting. And, and, and the, the excitement comes from LaMelo Ball. He's the one, he's the reason why that team has been re energized. That franchise has been re energized. And they have an actual bright future now. So, I'd love to have seen him get in, but I think about the list and who he would get in over, and it's I mean, hard. I don't, I don't think you take out Fred. No, no way. And then DG. DG's I mean, locked. He's, DG's locked to me. Yeah. DG, I, I, I was, I was campaigning for DG. I was out here hosting events, going from hotel to hotel. It was crazy. You were, you were, we were hosting the DG campaign. So I, no, I, I wouldn't take Fred out either because when we first talked about this, they were, I think ninth or tenth. They're seventh right now. Fred is that dude. four four game winning streak. They're above Charlotte. Fred so. Chico? <laughs> he's that, he's yeah. that dude. So Fred gotta be in there. Um 
I think I'm so happy for him, man. I think you gotta take if we if we if we're getting so happy for him. If we're getting a Celtic in there, right? Yeah, man. Jalen Jalen Brown. I'm gonna give Jalen Brown or you put you take taking him out, you put in LaMelo, or you put in shoot. I mean, you gotta give him some type of love. Miles Bridges been doing his thing in Charlotte too, like Tatum. I don't know. Tatum like, may be the guy. The, uh, Tatum would be the one I'd question, I guess, just because of how that team's played all year and how he's been a part of the problem for them too, because of selfish play and the things. I'm, I, the things I just talked about about Jalen Green, a lot of those things. Uh, Jason Tatum's guilty of as well. He's just a better player, so y'all don't really talk about it. But he's just as guilty of it. When he's not shooting the ball well, he doesn't cut off ball. He doesn't do anything. He doesn't go set good screens. He only wants to shoot. And that guys like that, they're they're not only are they they hard to coach, they're hard to root for at times. I think you take Jimmy Butler off too. I switch him. I switch him out. I switched him out with Hero. Jimmy Butler's been in and out the lineup. But the coaches I know vote for the reserves, and they help with this list. Yeah, what? How y'all as the coaches is like? We gonna put Jimmy Butler? He's been in and out the lineup. Mm -hmm. You gotta put Tyler Hero, and that's to me. I give if y'all y'all want to give the Heat they player because they've been balling out they've been doing their thing. Yeah, Tyler, Tyler Hero more deserving. Tyler Hero is more deserving. Whenever he comes in and scores over twenty points, they they have a really really good record. You could take Harden now. I I was thinking that I, I but I'm upset at Harden right now. I don't want to be biased. I'm very upset with him after last night. He, I think he quit on the Nets last night. Um, he I don't think he did. He did take James Harden out. You keep Jimmy Butler and take James Harden out. Put Tyler Hero in the mix. I mean, because if you I, look at it, he was off. For that good first part of the season. Uh, yeah, Harden came out of shape, and he's having his worst shooting season, which I've been saying on this show, and I've been telling people, everyone was talking about him being out of shape, and that was the thing. I was like, guys, I don't. he's always been fat. I, I don't think that's the problem. <laughs> he's been fat for a while now. I think, always been a little husky. Yeah, he's been on that cane, Raising Cane's diet for a while. Raising Cane's is so good. He's been on that Raising Cane's diet for a while. I just think that it's the shooting. He's always been a really good shooter off the dribble, especially with that step back and lethal. This year, he takes a step back. That ball is – we don't know where it's going to land. We don't know where what, what corner the backboard is going to hit. He, he has not shot the ball well. Um, he had four worst, points last night? He had four, four points. points. Four points. That's four crazy. turnovers and points. Like six turnovers. It was it was horrible. He was so bad. Defensively, I sent you out some clips. Or I, I think I, I thought I did. Yeah, you did. Yeah, it, it was – he he just doesn't give a damn. It's yeah, so bad. It just feels bad. like he doesn't want to be there anymore. He doesn't That's want what to it be feels there. like. It's just – He's did, mailing it in. Yeah, he's just mailing season. it in. And it's cool. Hey, yo, ben, Benjamin, hope you're working out because I'm going to make that deal right now. If you and Tyrese, uh, give me a first two, and we'll, we'll make it happen. I'm going to raid. I'm going to raid Daryl Morey, though. Sean Mark should just call me. I'll, I'll make the trade for him. Rightfully so. When we look at the West, you got Rudy Gobert, Cat made it, which I predicted, Draymond, Donovan Mitchell, D-Book, Luca. And CP three, yeah, that one that one's pretty solid. Yeah, I don't think I, I have a problem with that. The West has also just really been terrible this year overall. Who would so. you pick to put? Well, take out of Rudy. Yeah, because Rudy, I hate Rudy. That Rudy's never there. Um, I mean, he's Andrew Wiggins is starting this game, which is still really upsetting. My head hurts. And from the center position, who who would you switch him with? I don't know. Is there a better playing center in the in the Western Conference that we're not talking about? I don't think like, so. Like I don't think it's pretty bare. I don't. I don't think. Unfortunately, there's a guy. this this 
this kind of made Rudy Gobert maybe actually be in, be in on merit this year for the first time. And I think if Damian Lillard had stayed healthy and, and been himself, it would be a more difficult conversation to have. If CJ's having a great year, CJ McCollum, it'd be a difficult conversation to have. But you always have to have the center in, which is really annoying. So Rudy kind of gets in by the ball. Crazy. Hey, with, I mean, you don't always have to because in the East, there's no center in that. There's uh, no center really on the reserves. Yeah. Like, okay. so, I mean, they're they're terrible this year, but no Westbrook though. Perfect, transi- <laughs> perfect transition. Oh, it's rumored. God. It's rumored. Westbrook to the Knicks. I love it. I love it. I don't believe it. I I'm not believing it. nothing until Woj says it. Honestly. Bobby Marks is his his his, his left hand man. Well, Bobby Marks uh, drew up the trade. He, he fought up the trade machine and drew up a nice little trade. Man, I could do that myself. On ESPN. I think the trade makes sense for both teams. I think Russell's an expiring contract next year. You get him off the books if you're the Knicks, and you have the opportunity to go get some free agents the following year because y'all not getting none this summer. There's none to go get. Plus, you offload some of these veterans that we talked about. Fournier's mm-hmm. in the Fournier's in the way. That rhymes. Fournier's in the way, <laughs> and what's the, uh, Burks is in the way. I'm getting letting guys like Cam Reddish, Obi Top, and get more minutes. But you guys go to youth youth movement. And put Grimes. the ball in, in Grimes. Put the ball in RJ Barrett's hands so we can see what he is. Right. Um, and uh, you know, take it from there. I think I think that's the way you handle it. So that deal allows you to do that. De- DeAndre Jordan is just a throwaway contract. Get rid of it. You get the space back. Um, Wayne Ellington, nice to have a shooter, but you can do whatever you want with that too. Inexpensive, and you get the first. If you did, if you're doing a first, even if even if it's protected, it's worth it. Even if it's protected, it's worth it. Just for the expiring deals and the opportunity to let your young guys go. Because who are you? Tra- if you're a Knicks fan, ask yourself this: Who are you trading Evan Fournier for? That's getting you to a better return. Then Russell Westbrook for a year in the Garden. Knicks fans will clap at anything. Clearly, yeah, y'all, y'all, y'all cheer for anything in the Garden. So, <laughs> what's better than Russell Westbrook coming in there, putting a couple shots off the t- side of the backboard, but also occasionally giving you the thunderous dunk that makes you guys all stand up and cheer when you guys are down 10, 15 points, right? And if he's not playing well, just bench his, bench him. Not only that, it's inconsequential. And then the other thing you get to have every time when he walking through the tunnel. And they got the camera following them. You're going to have a fashion show, bro. If you're not able to go to New York Fashion Week, you have Russell there. And y'all got Fashion Week every time he shows up to the game. <laughs> this is just giving me more reasons not to take it. I, I think the deal actually makes sense. Though. <laughs> <There'll be> a, <laughs> I think there'll be a lot of nights where you're going to want to play yeah, IQ over him. And I think that you don't have to play politics with Russell Westbrook anymore at that point. And He's not hey, a good fit on this team. But what if the next year you do a John Wall, which I hate, but you do a John Wall type thing where you're like, oh, you know, Russ, man, last year, that half, second half of the year was really bad. Uh, just go to the crib and work out, man, and we'll figure out a situation for you. And if yeah. not, you expire. Walk has, it, walk. has it reached that point in his I, career? If, it's, if get, the, it's getting damn yeah. close. If the Lakers <laughs> trade him, if, if the Lakers trade him. He is doomed to that fate. I told I told Christian Breeden years ago that Russ was going to age very badly. It was going to go like this. It was going to go just like Whatever this. team he gets traded to. You know that team is not really want him there for the long term. No way. Like with, with the rumors, out of it. yeah, huh? with the rumors that he was possibly going to Houston. Houston was like, cool, no problem. As soon as he get here, as soon as he get here, we buy out. Yeah. He going. We, he not. They said that he not suiting up. He said, as soon as he get here, it's a buyout. He said we can we can possibly discuss the idea of him playing a, a, off the bench, coming in on a bench role, but they're not. They know he's not gonna be happy with that. So buyout, and then you. Take it from there, wherever you want to go. And the Lakers getting Kemba Walker back is a win-win. Kemba Walker, from a style of play situation, better fits, fit. better, fits better. Nah, he's never on the court, but you have him in the playoffs. You know, you can make some little, make some magic happen. It would have worked a little bit, and 
Fournier's a nice fit with the three-point shooting. It would be nice to have him with for that alone, you know. Before we hop off, talk to me about another name that came up there. And I don't know why this man is conflicted, but Bradley Bill has come up in the trade talks, possibly for next Thursday to be traded. As reports coming out that he's conflicted on whether to stay or whether to be traded and leave. I mean, him, Damian Lillard, I don't get it. I don't know why you want to stay in these places where clearly they're not making moves for you guys to win. So why are you being so loyal to a team when, you know, they might tell you one thing, but clearly the product speaks for itself. So, I mean, you could sign somewhere else, trade deadlines in a week. You could get traded by then, but I think he'll play out the rest of the season here. So That's crazy to me. Everything's going to happen this offseason. So he should have been gone when Wall left, bro. And it all depends. What does he want his career to look like? That we don't know. Like, that do you want to just be like a great player that played for the Wizards and just got knocked out in the first round half his career and didn't make it the rest? I mean. That's one thing we never know. We all assume that the great players want to actually win championships, right. but they all don't. Playing winning basketball is is it's for some people like I talked about like a Jason Tatum. I don't know they ever ever play winning basketball because it's sometimes for these guys it's more fun than to go for them to go out there and get buckets like they were in AAU. And Brad Beal is that's what it looks like for a lot of them, bro. There's a lot of these guys that like that. A lot of these it guys. Looks, it looks what, like AAU and it looks like um. AAU hasn't always it hasn't been a good thing for youth development. And, and, and you know what a basketball lot of it, wise it has not. You know what a lot of it looks like. It looks like the summer league workouts that they be in. Yeah, the sun, the the, the yeah. open runs. Yeah, Chris that's Brickies how they. And the, that's how they play, and that seems like that's where they come. Some yeah. of them are comfortable. Let me get my thirty. Let me get my occasional fifty points. Win or lose, I'm happy. And some of these guys just act like for the act that for the cameras, like, oh, I want to win because it's the PG right thing to say, right? In yeah, front of the, the cameras, PR thing to the do. PR thing to do is to go out there and act like, oh yeah, I want to win championships. I want to win this. No, you don't. Because by the way you play, I can tell. And if you know basketball and you watch some of these guys hoop, yo, if you don't cut off ball. I don't think you want to win. If you don't set a good screen, I don't think you want to win. If you don't take charges, I know you don't want to win. And I don't. I mean, I mean, I'm not. I will say this. I I will never take a charge. I'm not in the NBA. So, so you know. Yeah, seeing seeing. I was watching some of that Celtics Hornets game. Marcus Smart taking charges like he wants to win. That that is a that's a winner though. And you get him to the right situation, that guy, because uh, he's on the wrong team. He's, I he's, hope he gets traded somewhere. Yeah, he he wants to win. Oh, man. He called he called them out. He, he did. Called, he called Early them out. Year. That was a cry for help. That, that was, was a cry for help. He was like, come on, to the old L.A. <laughs> somebody. Get somebody come get me because these jokers don't have – I don't think anybody on that team. And I've heard Celtics – I forget his name. But one of the people – it might have been Cornbread Maxwell. One of the people that's actually like the commentators that work with the Celtics. One of the things that they said that people that actually watch the Celtics every day was like between Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown – the main thing that they have an issue with, and I've heard it since they came into the league, they don't have that dog or that fire in them. Marcus Smart has it, but he doesn't have the talent to match up with it. They don't have that. They don't have that mean streak in them. They don't have you push them, and it's like, all right, we all know we're not going to fight, but they don't have that, I'm going to at least act like it. I'm mm-hmm. gonna, they don't have that in them. Mm-hmm. They don't have... You could hit a game winner, but from what they're saying, they don't see that killer instinct, that dog, that 
I'm an alpha dog leadership type of thing that they see in them. No. No, it, and it's, it's kind of hard when you got that from Marcus Smart, who's not your best player. It's yeah, you can't, it's hard to win like that. But again, you got to do little things to win to get a basketball game. You just have to, you know. You, it's so crazy. You, you can go to the, anyone listening. You who poops, go to the Y right now and try to play the way these guys play. ISO up, take a bunch of jump shots, all that stuff. I promise you, you'll be down seven zero pretty quickly. And, and your teammates won't try to. Pick your team, you up teammates not time. rocking with you. But watch that. You you could get cut off. Well, I was playing at the Y the other night, last night. And it was like that. I was playing with a guy, a couple guys. They like, you know, they were dribbling, trying to take shots. Like, all right, cool. Yeah, you want to ice me out, whatever. Even though I'm better than you guys, it's fine. I, I'm, I'm. I just started cutting through the floor, catching it, quick floaters. By the end of the game, it was, it was my ship now. It was my ship. Like I, I was, I was controlling the game because that's, that's how you win games. Set a screen, roll. Like yo, yep. like man, like basketball's a beautiful game when it's played right, the right way. But a lot of these young guys don't play the right way. And Brad Beal, my friend, is one of them. He's, you can be as skilled as Brad Beal. You can be as great as he is. You see all the great moves, all the highlights. He's super skilled. He's amazing. You don't if you don't play ball the right way. You don't. You have no interest in doing that. And no interest in sacrificing because you have to sacrifice to win. The two things aren't mutually exclusive. You have to sacrifice to win. You're not willing to do that. You're not going to win anything. I don't. I think Dinwiddie's. I know is a winner. I, I know when people talk about Dinwiddie, all they want. I know Dinwiddie's a winner. I've seen him sacrifice to win games in the NBA. I've seen it with my own eyes. So I I take his side in the whole Dinwiddie versus Beal debate, and I hope. For Dinwiddie's case or sake, he is shipped out of there and traded somewhere he can go to go in. Facts, Dinwiddie. I think it was a situation where hey, he probably just called it out. He like, called it out. He called it out. Brad, you're not playing any defense. We need to play better as a team. We need to do these things to win. And the thing is, I don't, I don't get outside of Kuzma who rode the coattails really of LeBron and Lakers because he wasn't a huge role when they won that championship. I think in a situation like that, why y'all, why y'all mad? Y'all a bunch of losers. Believe it or not, Kuzma's done a really good job. No, he's done a good job there. Really good job, but yeah. I think it's what you alluded yeah. to. It's two things. You don't have to play on the LeBron, and you're not playing for a championship level aspiration. So, I mean, not saying that he's not playing good, not saying that he's not having a good season, and not saying it's not been an effect of obviously not having to play under Bron and that scrutiny of trying to win a championship every single year. But you are playing for the booty behind Wizards, <laughs> who are now again trying to be a playing team. Yeah, I Kuzma, like for Kuzma. You can go establish yourself. It's a good little stop. Exactly. Yeah. Now I want to see what Kuzma. You get out of Washington, get into a winning organization. Yeah, what are you gonna do then? Do it then. Where the go scrutiny? Yeah. Go to Memphis. To stop or the Knicks. You guys can use talent. I said a winning organization. Don't shake, don't shake your head. But a and winning organization. Kuzma, where they're playing Kuzma, for rapid fire. Kuzma or rapid RJ Barrett right now. RJ. I'll stop it. End the show. You know the vibes. If you <laughs> if you stay ready, you don't gotta get ready, bitch. Bob, we out. Peace. <laughs>